Hello and welcome to Mirror Talk. We have moments where we just have to pause. Just pause and take a break and reflect on life. Remember, you are strong, you are enough, you are capable, you are blessed and you are loved. Your moment of greatness starts now. I can vividly remember the first time I heard that name. It was, and it is still filled with so much excellence. Right from the first few weeks of high school till the last days, you motivated me to strive for the top academically. I can remember seeing the list of, you know, top 20 best students for the first time, and your name was right there in the first position. From that first meeting and talking with you back in those days, I have perceived you as a very hardworking, intelligent, and easygoing person. You were, and still, are one of my source of inspiration, and I'm so glad to have you today on this podcast. How are you doing, Dr. Ikeko Polakale Rufai? Hey, Toby, I'm doing good, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm really humbled and honored by your words. But to be honest, I think that the motivation was largely mutual. We had so much competition back then, and in a way that encouraged us to be better academically. There's this question I've always wanted to ask you, and um, it's, I'm very glad to ask you this. Um, when you were a little girl, what did you dream about becoming? I had wild dreams when I was young. I was a little girl full of imaginations. And I think that my mom had a major role to play with respect to that. It was as if all I had to do was think about it. And she was there to tell me that it was possible and I could do it. So as regards what I dreamt about becoming, mm, there was a time I wanted to be a medical engineer, then a pharmacist, at a point a physicist because I loved physics, mm. then a medical doctor, specifically mm. a neurosurgeon after reading Ben Carson's book. <laughs> but I'm quite certain that that's not the area I like to specialize now. Mm. But I think that the profession that stuck was being a doctor. And I have no idea why I settled for that. I had no role models or mentors in the field at that time. Maybe it had to do with the societal perception of medicine as being prestigious or for the intellectuals. Mm. But my love, my love and passion for medicine wasn't evident until I got into clinical school and I had to read up cases, make diagnoses, watch surgical procedures and interact with patients. And I loved every bit of it. And I don't think that there would have been a better fit for me. I guess the gamble all worked out. Mm. Wow, wow, that, that's really great. And, you know, I've always known you as a very hardworking and intelligent and diligent um, lady. Um, what has always been your, your source of motivation? Hard work and diligence wasn't always my thing. It was a culture I had to learn because my mom ensured that. <laughs> she made me read books until it became a habit. And that translated to other aspects of my life that I believe the average was not enough and I could always do better at any point in time. So definitely, my mom was and has been a constant source of motivation for me. If I could digress a little bit, uh, um, at that point in your life, how was that to you? Was it like your mom was punishing you or um, 
<laughs> oh, you are really motivated by that. No, it wasn't really punishing. She just ensured she dedicated so much time to ensuring that I had this academic success. And mm. she was always on the lookout for my grades. She would come and sit me down and say, oh, let's see your grades. English, last time you got this score, why did you drop here? Mm. Um, your mathematics is better. Well, that's good. So she went through every, it wasn't enough to just be, oh, mom, I was the first position. She mm. went to every subject and did my own work with me. And it really became a habit because it was an everyday thing. Wow. And that really, that really helped you to, you know, even up to yes, today. Yes, it helped too. me. Yes. Mm. Yes, wow. it did. Oh, that, that's great. See, um, you know, why, why striving to pursue those great dreams? Um, sometimes we are faced with, you know, the fear of failure or even failure itself. You know, sometimes failure sets us back. Um, how do you deal with, with failure and the fear of it? Okay, thank you for the question. Mm. I think that we need to normalize failing. Mm. Like failing is a natural process. Like it's part of living. Sometimes you don't get what you want or what you hoped for. And sometimes you have setbacks when it comes to major decisions. And I doubt that there's any adult who can boast with all confidence that they've never failed. I think the most important aspect is that when that happens, when the failure happens, you don't accept the defeat mentally. You can pick yourself back up and say to yourself, I'm going to keep trying. I made mistakes. They can be corrected. I can be better. I can keep moving. This is not the end of the road for me. And that is how I deal with it personally wow not letting the failure stop you but saying it's not the end yes um, i can do better yes yes wow so you pick yourself up from the ground when whenever failure sets you back or push you to the ground yes you need to have that mental image that this is not the end of the road you can always do better it is not the end it happens to anybody anybody can feel mm. but that and- doesn't limit your success Wow, I like that. This is not the end. Um, it can happen to anybody, so I should just yes. push on. Mm. Yes. Wow, thank you so much for that. I like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of times we, we blame our failures or downfall on external factors like family or on finance or situation of the country and other things. Um, what do you think about this? And um, what are the ways to prevent all of these external factors from limiting us? Um, can external factors limit us? The answer is yes, they can. Mm-hmm. Most external factors limit us. No, they don't have to. Available resources like um, money, um, social support is one thing. And truly, they really do give you an edge. But you still have to run your own race. There is no simple solution that ticks all the boxes or provides a way out. You need to be willing to give it that extra push and find out what works for you in that area. So there's no really a simple solution for everything. You just have to know that external factors are not the limiting force. Yes, they give you an edge if you have all those things working out for you, but if you really give yourself that extra push, you can really get to wherever you want to go. Wow, wow, excellent part. Excellent. You said um, you talked. You just talked about now um, pushing yourself forward, like moving forward, like striving harder and harder, um, ignoring all the external factors that could possibly um, limit you. 
So um, can you tell me how, how do you stay, you know, persistent? How do you stay like yeah, moving forward? I don't, I don't care. Okay. Um. Well, I think uh, I have this personality that um, I I put in a lot of effort in things. Mm. Like I, I I really do put a lot of effort. It's in it comes natural for me. I don't, I don't know if I can say that for everybody, but it comes natural for me. I, I kind of see it like a superpower that I have because mm. I put in a lot of effort. However, to stay persistent, I think that one code I cracked was having a journal where I write my plans for a year or per time, and I just work towards that. It is easy to be persistent when you have a goal in mind that you want to achieve and all you have to do is work towards that goal. And you know that anything that takes me off that trajectory is seen as a distraction. I have to carefully, um, carefully evaluate search. Yeah. So the journal really helps me to stay focused and persistent because I have a timeline. I have something I'm looking forward to like, okay, this is what I want to achieve. Yeah. And it's right in front of me. I can go there and check it every time. Mm-hmm. So that helps me stay persistent. Wow, I like that. As in, this is one thing I've heard before, but now that you're repeating it, I'm like going to really look into it. And that's generally... It really does, yeah. <laughs> it really does. Wow, I have to try that out. I really have to try that out. <laughs> um, so, um, how does, you know, self-confidence, you, you, the way I perceive the answer now, I can feel that self-confidence and confidence in your, your answers. So, how does um, self-confidence help with pursuing your dreams? Like saying, yes, I can do this. Yes, I am capable. I have that superpower. Okay, thanks for the question. I think that it takes self-confidence to take it to wherever you want to go. It takes self-confidence to take that giant leap towards your dreams. Mm. And it's almost impossible to dream big if you have issues with confidence or how you see yourself or how you perceive your abilities. Because for every dream you have, there's that tiny little voice of low self-esteem in your head telling you that you are not enough or you can't achieve all that you dreamt of achieving or your dreams are not valid. So you need to believe in yourself even before others do. We tend to think that everything has to be perfect the first time and that's what like affects our confidence sometimes like okay if i try this it might not be so perfect but you really don't need everything to be perfect the first time you just need to take that little step to move you closer towards your goals and as a christian i always quote the bible scripture that tells me oh i can do anything through christ which strengthens me so I, i kind of get give myself that inner boost i need to make that move and that yeah. is like very critical for me wow that, i like that pastor of the bible too that's i think philippians 4 verse 13 says i can do all yes. things to try so strengthens me yes wow yes. and one, one thing that i've taken from you now is this um you have to first believe in yourself before any other person ever believes in you like you need to <laughs> Wow. You need to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we always like um, look to people say, "Oh, believe in me now, so that I can do this thing." Right? Like, <laughs> but it has to start with you. Yeah, it starts with you. Wow. Hmm. Oh, that's that's really great. Um, I I, I learn a lot from from hearing people's story. Like, I like listening to people and you know just learning from them. Um, would you love to tell us about your story and journey so far towards success and achieving your your dreams? For I'll give 
I'll give you a synopsis. Okay. Yes. Um, currently enrolled in the one-year NYC program, and I plan to go into residency and specialize in internal medicine afterwards. Mm. My first setback occurred with JAMP. It's equivalent of the SATs mm. in Nigeria. And I thought that that was the end of the road for me. Mm. I had like a really bad score. And I don't think it was uh, reflecting my abilities. I didn't think that was what I wrote. I don't know what happened. I don't know. They said something was wrong with the center. I don't know. They really, literally spoiled my scores. Mm. And I thought that was the end of the road. Many people came to give me pity talks on how I couldn't ever get admitted into medicine with a low jump score. How I should get a change of course form to study maybe biochemistry, anatomy, all the paramedical courses. I remember working into the jump headquarters in my state logic complaint about my result and how I think that I could not get such a low score and possibly call for a remarking of my scripts. And the woman that I met there asked me what course I was planning to study. And I said, medicine. And she looked at me like, who's this ridiculous person? <laughs> and she, she told my mom, encourage your daughter, you know, like a Yoruba woman, Yoruba mm. Nigerian woman, encourage your daughter to study something else. She can't possibly get into medical school with such a score. Mm. And that broke me because... I think I was used to academic excellence and that was like the first time I had such a very low score and I didn't even know what to do in my life. Mm. And my mom told me that you could still get into medicine with your West African um, secondary school certificate examination and that could neutralize the damage. And I didn't believe I would be because for that to happen, I would need perfect scores like A1 in all the major subjects and I was like how feasible is that mm. because the metric system, system they used to use in the university back then was um, for the University of Ibadan was 40% for JAMP and 60% for Wayakia mm. and the West African school certificate examination results came out and I had a perfect score like I even had the best results mm. and I had the total graded score of 83.8 mm. and I remember all the people even giving me pity talks back then <laughs> they could they didn't get such scores and that was like wow are you serious so I got into medical school with all of that despite all the odds against me and mm. medical school was a whole different vibe you had the best of the best of the best students in in the country mm -hmm. there was no average students they were just top students from every school and i remember my first year and um, mm -hmm. when we got our result um 70 percent of the class had a first class wow. and 15 percent um, and 15 people sorry 15 people had a perfect cgp of 7.0 over 7.0 mm -hmm. and I was nowhere close to that. <laughs> I was among the lower 30% of my class. And I never experienced that. Like, I never experienced that. 80% of the time, I was like first position in secondary schools. Now I'm like lower 30% of my class. Mm -hmm. And that shook my confidence. Like, yeah. oh, everyone here is good. Maybe I'm not as good. 
or maybe medicine is not a good fit fit for me or maybe i'm a fake or i'm not supposed to be here i just got lucky mm. i had to work and get rid of those thoughts and believe in myself mm. that the least i was going to do was try my best every time so i kept putting in the best like putting in my best work and it did pay off eventually mm. clinical school like a year after no that was two years after I emerged top 10% of my class from wow. lower lower 30%. And at the end of medical school, I was in the top 5% of my class. Hmm. And I emerged the best student in surgery. And surgery is arguably the toughest course in med school. Hmm. And I even got prices in surgery. Wow. And I got my first job on merits. The University College Hospital asked asked me to start my internship with them so i didn't really have to struggle for a job because i was on the merit list so the lesson for my story is that i came from that little girl that had low scores in jump and everybody told her that oh her dreams were not valid she should like study another course but i stayed persistent i ran my race and i put in the very best yeah The lesson is that putting your very best in all that you do, putting the hard work, run your own race. You don't have to see things through the lens of others, mm. and the opportunity to stand out will come eventually. Wow, wow, wow! I feel like shouting Hallelujah! <laughs> it's like a very, I mean, from the beginning it was, it was quite, it was quite rough, and all of a sudden, yeah, very yeah, rough. it was paying off, and for you became the best of the success. best. It was a success story. Wow. I'm really glad. I'm really glad for everything that happened. The way it happened, I felt that it was all to like tell a good story, you know, at the end of the day. Yes. Well, and you see, you are going to motivate a lot of people that will listen to this podcast, and <laughs> one way or the other, they will be encouraged also to, you know, push on yeah. and never give up on their dreams. Don't uh, don't give up. Uh, Ikeko, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy for you at this moment. <laughs> it's hey, not like it's not like secondary school. We're not competing. <laughs> ah, we're not competing anymore. Different fields now. <laughs> exactly. Like. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Toby. Wow, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> so um, I, I would love to ask another question. <laughs> I mean, this is this is enough for me. Like I'll just have to go and you know. Drink, uh, have a drink on your beer, for example. <laughs> but I, I see, I see, I see. I, I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I still want to learn more from you this um, this moment for this episode. I really want to, you know, still get more and learn more about um, never giving up on my on my dreams. So, so I'm going to ask mm-hmm. that question. <laughs> so, right. um, this question is also, I mean, I spoke with someone. Um, last on some previous episode, and is a mentor, so this like kind of um, inspired me to ask you this question also. And that's um, okay. do, do you have um, you know mentees or people that you are setting good examples for? Um, because you know how you know how to know how how does being a, a mentor how does being a mentor help you personally never give up on your own personal dreams? Something like that. Like um, you know being a mentor to someone how does it help you personally never to give up on your own dreams? We have like a linear pattern of things in medicine. So you go from a great to another great. So you go from being a medical student to being an intern to being a resident and to being a fellow, then to being a consultant. So it's it's easy 
to have that mentorship in medicine. Yes, I do have mentees. And at every point in time, you have, you always have those who look up to you and those you look up to. It's a cycle. And it's always important to set the right examples. You don't necessarily have to be like your mentor. Just let your mentor motivate you. Let them inspire you. Learn from their errors. Have a conversation with them about their experience and journey so far, and let that influence your own journey. Mm-hmm. So you are not you are not a copycat to your men- mentor. You understand yeah. that? Yes. And I, yes, I hope to get to a point where I have more people, especially in the medical field, that I can help to achieve more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hope to get that as I go through this journey of medicine. So I hope to get there one time. But yeah, I have mentees right now. Currently do have some mentees. And this mentorship um, also helps you as, as a mentor? Does it yes, it does. Like- yes, it helps you stay up your feet. Like, okay, people actually looking um, you're, you're setting examples for people. You don't you don't want to mess up. You want to like act right also. So it really does help you to help you stay focused. Ah, okay. So it's like you, um, both parties are helping each other. Uh, yeah, exactly. Other. You are helping in like a mutual kind of synergistic relationship mm-hmm. in a way. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that, that's, that's good. You know, um, drawing from your story, um, I want to say that the, the struggle could be very real and sometimes never giving up on your dreams means that you either go hard or you go home, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... um. How do you how do you push your dreams and still keep you know keep checking up on your your mental health, strengthening your faith as a Christian, for example, and maintaining you know a healthy work life balance? How do you do that? How do you juggle okay. everything together? Okay, it's actually a difficult balance to maintain in medicine. Hmm. Medical field requires you to put in a lot of hours of work. Residency is especially difficult. You have people, normal people in quotes, go to work, do eight to five, and then they come back home. Doctors put in more. You do night shifts, you do calls. Mm. I remember days that I had to stay in the hospital for 36 hours, 72 hours, and I did not go. So you, you put in a lot of work. Yes, you put in a lot of work. And there are some specialties that even like almost 80% of the work and 20% of your personal life. Mm. So even with um, the specialties that give you some kind of balance, it's difficult to achieve a 50-50 balance. But mm. personally, I decided that I was going to go in for a specialty that would give me a work-life balance in the nearest future. Yeah. I love medicine, yes. I love I really do love medicine, but I don't want my life to be all about that. I, I want to achieve other things. Mm. So mental health is also a priority for me. Mm. And it is so easy for you to neglect taking care of yourself when you're taking care of other people. Mm. And it can be mentally draining when you have to take care of people and you lose people because in medicine we have patients and we lose patients. People are suffering from chronic diseases and you can I can't tell anybody can die at any point yeah. and you already had, had that relationship with them so it's 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 difficult losing a patient here mm-hmm. so you really do need to make time make out time for yourself engage in activities outside of work take out time to pray 
or do religious activities if you are into that thing mm. make friends and meaningful connections with people mm. and just keep yourself in check don't be all about the work even mm. though because someone someone says it like um i had a consultant that will say if you keep working and you you fall down right now and you die they will mourn you and keep working Mm-hmm. they would replace you so you need to take out that time for yourself for your mental health for your physical health mm-hmm. and stay sane stay yeah. sane yeah wow so we want us to consciously take that time to you know yes is is a conscious decision it is mm-hmm. a conscious decision wow wow take time out to do other things other activities sport for example yeah. or meet up mm-hmm. meet with friends yeah. or yeah Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. You know, sometimes, you know, okay. um, I was just asking because sometimes, you know, you won't feel so much ambitious. You say, oh, I have this big dream. And um, if I don't work 24-7 or um, every day at the end of the week, um, I won't achieve it. So I will just kill myself yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, but... You need, you need, you need that balance. Mm-hmm. Life is all about balance. You need the balance. Yeah. Wow. See, um, I also believe I, I believe that maintaining a healthy body, spirit, and soul is very, you know, um, vital for performance and journey of life. So, as a doctor, do you have some, you know, health tips for us how to keep the body and soul together and the spirits? <laughs> <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have three easy and very simple tips: okay. eat right, sleep mm-hmm. right, and exercise right. They look very minute, but they have like a big role to play when it comes to preventing modifiable risk factors to many diseases especially cardiovascular diseases what you eat matters the amount of time you have to sleep and take time to rest it does matter for your mental health and physical health and exercising that burning of calories maintaining um um the right um, body mass index helps mm. your heart helps your arteries so three basic stuff eat right sleep right and exercise right yeah mm. eat right sleep right and exercise right sure sure life is simple <laughs> just three things Very and you're simple. good <laughs> <laughs> <Short> and simple <laughs> mm. and that's also yeah. true life is short <laughs> yes i keep it short and simple mm. but really it boils down to those three things at the end of the day yeah. Wow. I mean, with those three points, one can really um, say, oh, it's not too difficult. Just three things to do, and I would pay attention yeah. to that every day. But those those three things also have like other things, like associated with them. But yeah, broadly, you can just classify those three things. Mm. You get when you wow. talk about food, you don't have to like be talking about the calorie intake, the amount mm. of veggies and fruits. But yeah, when you just bring all of that together, so you. Do eat right, sleep right, and exercise right. Those can prevent like modifiable risk factors to many um, cardiovascular diseases, which is like the number one cause of death in the world. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And with that one solved, then um, one has lesser problems to deal with then. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Thank, thank you so much. I mean, I've learned a lot. I, I've learned from your story and from all the questions I asked you, and I'm so much, you know, <laughs> so much blessed right now. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> thank you, Toby, for having me. Wow, I thank you so much. pleasure. Wow. Thank you so much, too. I, I really appreciate everything I'm going to get from you today. Thank you, Dr. 
kikepo pola kale rukwai. You decide that title doctor. I mean, I have to. As in, <laughs> yeah, as in, one does not go to medical school soon for nothing. <laughs> oh. Wow, thank you. This was really amazing. Thank you. All right, Toby. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I am eternally grateful for your time, your love, and contributions. You mean a lot to me. Thank you once again for listening and sharing with your loved ones. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this journey on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms in the description. Stay blessed.